Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. And my name is Troy Moriel and I'm your host as always bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And it is 11.43 on Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. And the St. John's Red Storm 2018-19 season has mercifully come to an end as the Red Storm fall 74-65 to the Arizona State Sun Devils in the uh, NCAA first four game there, thus ending what ends up being a very, very disappointing season for the Red Storm. They really were never in this game either after about the 12-minute mark in the first half for the final 32 minutes of this game. We're not really competitive in it. Uh, Arizona State's own poor play really was the only thing that kept the Red Storm in it, and St. John's was never really able to capitalize off of that, and uh, they will go home ending what has been a very, very difficult uh, final month plus of this season for the Red Storm and a very, very disappointing season overall for a team that was really expected to you know, not not make a long run in the NCAA tournament, but do a little bit more than they did, obviously, and completely falter down the stretch. In Big E's play, uh, I will break this game down for you. We're going to kind of do what we did last week, get right into the breakdown, and I'll be joined by John Cavanaugh. Uh, he's been on the last. He's been on about a month ago, I believe. Uh, we've had him on a couple times. He does a great job, so we'll we will uh, break it down a little bit more in depth. But you know, for now, that uh, the, thus ends the. The Red Storm season at uh, at 21 and 13, recording this right after the game, obviously to go out tonight. Shimori Pond scores 25 in what is more than likely his, or almost certainly his final uh, collegiate game with the Red Storm. He will likely go pro and either in the NBA, in the G League, or overseas. I, I really don't see him coming back. Uh, LJ Figueroa, on the other hand, is kind of the other side of the coin there. 19 points for him. Just another really nice game for LJ, which is one of the positives that you take, is that he will almost certainly be back for next season. So, you know, some positive, some negative there. Uh, Mustafa Heron just could not get it going. 1 of 12, 0 of 5 from three-point range. Missed those three straight free throws uh, in the second half. That would have really changed this game, in my opinion, if he was able to knock those down. Misses all of them. Actually, really one of the worst games that he's played. Probably the worst game, actually, that he's played all season long. So now you wonder if that's going to be his last game in a Red Storm uniform. Uh, We hope not because that's a really uh, sour note to go out on. But we will see about that. You know, looking at the rest of the starters, Justin Simon, 10 points. He'll likely be back for next season as well. But, you know, he was kind of all over the place tonight. And Marvin Clark, uh, just another disappointing game to end a, a stretch of disappointing games down the stretch for Marvin. He, he goes scoreless, does grab six rebounds, fouls out, and uh, commits three turnovers as well. And some of them just 
boneheaded turnovers, uh, had that terrible pass to Pons, had that play when he went to go for a put-back dunk instead of just grabbing a ball, getting a rebound, and putting it back up, um, which has kind of been a staple of his St. John's career. Great kid, but really just did not show up uh, these last month-plus, really, of the season. Went scoreless against Marquette and then went scoreless again tonight. So, you know, best of luck to Marvin the rest of the way, but a disappointing end to his St. John's career, really the last month of his St. John's career. And, you know, that kind of changed this whole game, not having Marvin uh, be himself, not really having really three of the five starters be themselves. Justin Simon was, you know, okay tonight, but uh, Clark and Heron shooting a combined one of 17 and 0 of 9 from three-point range, that really gives you no chance. That's why the Red Storm only scored 25 points in the first half and 65 uh, for the game, well under their season average. But we will break it all down. We'll go in a little bit more in-depth now with John Kavanaugh. Uh, he does Big East Basketball Breakdown, as you know. He covers the Red Storm. He's on Twitter. Um, I think he's at Kavanaugh SJU. We'll get that for sure in a second. But I uh, hope you guys enjoy that. I will be back on the other end to uh, wrap it all up in this final uh, post-game recap of the season of the Seeing Red Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Okay, we now are joined by John Kavanaugh. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Kavanaugh SJU has a, a number of uh, of ventures. I know he does Big East Basketball Breakdown, does uh, Cav Connect as well. I've seen a, a, uh, some positive stuff about that as well. Uh, unfortunately, though, it seems like he big, brings some bad luck to this podcast, John. So the, we had you on, I think, for the Providence game, and that one was pretty miserable. And now we're talking again, and uh, we're pretty miserable again. But uh, welcome on, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Troy. It's uh, you know just becoming pretty typical yeah, to dissect these losses, but uh, glad to be back. Yeah, I, I guess I can't hold it against you. I mean, if, if we would have had you on pretty much any time in the last month plus, it would have probably been a miserable recap. So <laughs> I, I can't really blame you. I think it's more the team. <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, where do, you, where do you want to start here? St. John's, obviously – wasn't really it never really felt like they were in this game you know I, I said that in the beginning of the show it, it just felt like you know basically from I would say the 12 minute mark of the of the uh, first half for the last like 32 minutes Arizona State never like threw that knockout punch but it also never really felt like St. John's was going to put together a run that they can actually come back no, you know what this game was? It was just every time they cut it somewhat close. I mean, the game got out of hand in the first half a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were down 15, 16, 17 for quite a while. Um, but every time they came back, I think at one point they had a chance to cut it to six. And every time they would come back, it would be, you know, one bad shot or one, one bad turnover. Or they just couldn't put a complete run together to really put some pressure on Arizona. Um, <clears throat> yeah, excuse me, Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my problem too. Is that is that you know we've seen them get down big in games, and we've you know we've seen them lose games like this where you know it looks like the comeback's going to come, and then something happens. I've never seen it like tonight though, where a team had so many chances to you know get that lead from I don't know seven to five or seven to four or six to three, and every single time, not only was it you know, a missed opportunity, but it, it seemed like it was a boneheaded, like stupid turnover, bad shot, you know, something like that, that like every single time it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, it was weird. Uh, I think that St. John's pretty much did 
if you told me, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure their rebounding numbers were actually very good, maybe even in their favor. Mm-hmm. They were, the yeah, thing. it was 43-42, St. John's in favor. Yeah, and that's the big thing. That was the big thing with Arizona State. I think their rebound, rebounding margin was 13th or 14th best in the country. St. John's was in the like you know mid 300s. Yeah. So you know the big thing was saying if you can win the rebounding battle or at least keep it somewhat close, St. John's is probably going to win the game and. They just, which is so weird to me, the fact that they actually accomplished and, and neutralized the biggest weakness in this game, yet they somehow found a way to throw it away. And I think that this game will be remembered as, first of all, one of the ugliest tournament games in recent memory. Yep. <laughs> Secondly, it'll be remembered as a game that St. John's gifted to, Eric, uh, to the Sun Devils. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, gonna, it's hard to really fathom how they... One weren't closer, and two didn't win this game. It was right there for the taking. It looked like neither team wanted it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just very, very frustrating. Mm-hmm. The turnovers. Uh, there was some plays that were just right in the beginning, some sloppy passing on the perimeter, mm-hmm. uh, just very uncharacteristic and just very, very, my, very head scratching. Yeah, and I mean, you you look at the Arizona State box score. Uh, Dort had 21. He had he had a good game, obviously. Uh, that guy Cheatham had 14, but no one else really had a big game. They shot 45% from, from the field, which is a good number, but certainly down from the 60% that they were shooting in the first half. Like you said, St. John's out-rebounded them. You know, if you just look at the box score for Arizona State if, and, you know, didn't look at St. John's numbers, you would say, all right, the Red Storm probably won this game. And I think that's, that. like you said, that's the most frustrating thing to me is that Arizona State really didn't do anything to win this game. You know, it was all St. John's beating themselves up. And a team like St. John's, where you've got Shamori Pons, who's a junior, who played a great game tonight, but Shamori Pons, who's a junior. You've got Marvin Clark, who's a senior. You've got Justin Simon, who's a junior. Both of those guys have been to the NCAA tournament. You've got Mustafa Heron, who's been to the NCAA tournament last year. And, like... To come out that flat, I don't know if it's more of a reflection on the players or the coaching staff. I, I think, again, it's the cop-out answer, but it seems like it's a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, as much as, look, I mean, I'm not a fan of St. John's offense, and I think you saw their weaknesses on full display tonight, the, the, the stagnant offense, the lack of movement, uh, the shot selection. That was all at the forefront tonight. You could see why I'm frustrated <laughs> with, with Mullen's offense. But to Mullen's credit, Mullen didn't miss, I don't know how many free throws tonight. Yeah. Had to be mm-hmm. had to be double digits. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't miss that many. He wasn't out there missing those free throws. He wasn't out there turning the ball over. That's, I mean, some guys just did not show up tonight. Uh, and Marvin Clark hasn't for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Marvin Clark has been the engineer turning this program around, so hats off to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to say that. But in terms of tonight, uh, Marvin Clark and Heron were just uh, two big reasons why St. John's really just couldn't close it. They needed one of the two to be on, and they couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Simon had a good game. Yeah. I think he's he been probably fine. there up bright spot for this team defensively he's mm-hmm. you know he was getting a lot of rebounds um you know offensively he was pretty good Figueroa hit a few threes and and Pons obviously did his thing mm-hmm. but when you have Clark who's great from three and you have Heron and when those guys aren't hitting any shots I had Clark finish with zero mm-hmm. I, I think Heron might have finished with two he ended up getting uh, six because he had a, I think he had a basket at the end yeah, when you can, mm-hmm. when those two guys combine for two points, you give yourself no shot. You just need a little more, and it just wasn't there. Yeah, I mean Clark and, and Heron, one of seventeen 
uh, from the field. 0 of 9 from three-point range. Marvin Clark was scoreless in his last two games at St. John's. And, you know, like you said, Marvin was one of those guys who really helped turn this program around. Obviously, you know, the turnaround hasn't been as dramatic as, as you know, being a relevant right. team nationally. But from what they were, you know, three years ago in Chris Mullen's first year, he has he has kind of engineered that turnaround, like you said. But, I mean, just a, a, a shame. I don't know what it was with him. I mean, you know, because you, you could argue with Marvin that it's been he's been playing out of position all season long. But at some point, you'd think he, like, as, as a senior, you'd think that he would have gotten used to playing out of position and he just never did he fouled out again tonight and he couldn't make a shot again tonight and, and his shot was off all season long and especially though uh these last couple of weeks yeah and i don't think him playing out of position has you know i don't think that should affect him too much offensively yeah exactly um, mm-hmm. which and even even in the beginning of the year he wasn't playing like this he was playing a lot better it just seems like these last this last month or two he his three ball has gone completely yeah just completely away mm-hmm. and yeah it's, it's been over the last month or two you can say that about the rest of the team but clark especially and clark mm-hmm. is one of those guys who's a leader he, as i said the engineer so you know when he's down like that it does take a toll on this team i mean they rely a lot on his three ball to open up the offense and really when clark's three is on it opens up opens up a lot for ponds and that's that's also the big thing it's tough for ponds to get to the rim yeah mm-hmm. um yeah he, he was hitting a lot of threes tonight it's tough for him to get to the rim when there's really no other perimeter threat uh, besides him and possibly Figueroa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that first half, everything was on the perimeter. So many jump shots. Oh. Like no second chance points whatsoever. Everything was on the perimeter, and that's why they fell behind because they, none of those shots were going in. And you know, I mean, with Pons, I'm 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 fine with with Shimori shooting whenever, but like every all the other four starters, I just feel like at some point you gotta go to the basket. Like those guys, every every star that they have is capable of going to the basket. There's no excuse for them to fall that in love with the perimeter. And then the other thing was when they stopped, you know, falling in love with the perimeter, they became so passive. I felt like in parts of the second half passing up open shots even LJ I think uh, fell victim to that a couple times passing up an open three because you know you, you kind of figured it wasn't going to go in because of the first half I just felt like they were so out of sync off- offensively this entire game even in the second half when they scored 40 points yeah, there was no rhythm exactly, and I think St. John's, as we know, best in transition, best playing in rhythm, uh, and there just wasn't any of that. It was just, and I think, like you said, you know, they don't get to the basket enough. They just throw it around the perimeter, and you know, a bad shot from from outside the three is coming. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can say, you know, they're not driving to the basket. You could also say there's lack of drops. I'm not too positive on that, but. They don't. They did not get to the rim enough. They did not attack enough. They were, as you said, very, very passive. And, and St. John's is a team that needs to be on the attack. They need to force turnovers. Mm-hmm. I know going into today's game, um, and they did force quite a few turnovers. But again, it was just that inability to capitalize, yeah. inability mm-hmm. to get to the rim, and inability to convert on offense. They did. Again, they did some good things tonight, and I think that's the most frustrating thing. Uh, they did some good things. They, they really just offensively could not get it going. I thought they neutralized the physicality of Arizona State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was good. I, I just think that you know, offensively, they were just, like you said, completely out of sync. They, they looked, it looked like no one wanted to take the shot sometimes, just swinging it around. Mm-hmm. Um you know, no movement as you you know per usual, but uh, just again, yeah, it's 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 very frustrating that 
uh, that was the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, we, we got to talk about Shamori, obviously. It was it was probably Ponza's last game uh, in a St. John's uniform. He, he went out with, with, a, with a pretty decent performance, 25 points, uh, only shot 8 of 20 and 4 of 12 from 3, only had 4 assists, had 2 steals as well. Um, but, you know... <laughs> For Pons, in my opinion, he's the guy that, you know, you talk about Marvin Clark engineering the turnover. I think Pons is, is really the, the main catalyst of that, obviously. Yes. He's, the, he's the guy who, you know, gave us this hope for these last three years to really get to this point, obviously, you know, to get to the actual tournament. Um, and it's a shame that they never really were able to build around him. Uh, you know, they were building, I think, his freshman year, but then his sophomore year kind of falling apart once Marcus Levette uh, left the team. And then this year, obviously, never really being able to put it fully together it's a shame because i think he he really i, I mean in my lifetime watching st john's he's he's been the most electrifying player i've seen it's a shame that they were never really able to build around him he he's been my he is my favorite st john's player that i've ever watched mm-hmm. uh and just watching him play having the pleasure of watching him play um he re- like you said he, he really has just had some electrifying moments that have given us memories and i think like it is a shame that a player of his caliber and a player of his talent uh is probably going to go to the nba having one ncaa tournament appearance mm-hmm. uh not having one win in the tournament it's absolutely a shame mm-hmm. he is uh, you can say what you want his draft stock has fallen you know, yes yeah, yeah obviously unfortunately he has yeah. had some struggles he's probably going to be a late second at this point uh maybe a mid-second but there have been some reports that you know he, he his draft stock was slipping yeah um but to make my case for Shamoy Pons, I still believe that he is one of the better guards in the country. The reason I say that is it's oftentimes lately in St. John's, it's been a one-man show. You have to look at the whole picture. Yes, he's been struggling, but you have to look at what's going on around him. He can't really do it himself. And I, I truly think that if an NBA team takes a waiver on him and develops him and they get a good coaching staff to really develop his talent, I truly think he could be a really good NBA player at some point. I, I, I just think he has what it takes. He is a great scorer. Mm-hmm. I think his defense did get a bit better. Yeah, he had a nice steal tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his students are up this year as well. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he really uh, gave St. John's fans a lot of hope this year and just you know that i'll never forget that game against duke last year Mm -hmm. and tonight you know he went out in typical style he scored 25 and and he did more than enough on his end so uh, i i think that again when you get when you look at a guy like you have to look at the whole picture when you look at his struggles the team uh, teams this year have been very quick to double him have been very quick to try and take him out of the game and when no one else is hitting shots it's going to be very difficult for him to do anything Mm -hmm. so i think that He's overcome it. Uh, yeah. I think that he is a great player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, you're right. I, I hope that someone gives him that shot on the next level. Even if it's in the G League, I, I hope that he gets a chance to, to show himself on the NBA level one day because he deserves it. And like you said, I think he has the tools to one day turn into a, you know, a, a solid NBA contributor. Um, you know, we, We've kind of been all, all over the place here, so to, to, to round it out, uh, in your opinion, obviously this has been an incredibly – Difficult, disappointing year, difficult down the stretch. Uh, in your opinion, is Chris Mullen or is the rest of the staff back next year? And do you think that they should be? Well, 
for the first part, I do think he will be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot hinged on making the tournament, and they did. <laughs> yeah, barely. Uh, yeah, I mean, 68, 68th team to make it, yep. but uh, they did. Um, I do think he is back. Uh-huh. I, I think that... I don't see Mike Craig pulling the trigger and firing him yet. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, you can point to the fact that there's been steady progression. Uh, you know, obviously debatable, but there has been steady progression. In, uh, in, know, the, in the wins column, there's been, yes, technically there has, there has yes. Um, so I think, I do think that they're going to at least give him one more year. Um, I do. I don't see. I just don't see them firing him. He has two years left in his contract, mm-hmm. and I just haven't heard anything regarding him being on the hot seat. You know, usually hear some rumblings mm-hmm. or something like that. I just don't see it. Uh, do I think he should be? Uh, it, it, it's tough. I mean, every. I really, really want Chris Mullen to succeed. I mean, Chris Mullen is St. John's basketball, and mm-hmm. I think that's everyone mm-hmm. just kind of wants to see that happen. They yeah. want to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. I think that. He should be back next year, um, but I do think there needs to be, if he's coming back next year, there needs to be adjustments made to his staff. Mm-hmm. That's my one thing. Uh, if, if there's no adjustments made to the staff, then you could argue that, but there definitely needs to be an addition to his staff. They need to add coaching experience. Um, they need to add, as everyone says, an X's and O's guy to yes. his staff. Uh, that's very inexperienced. Please. Uh, I think... <laughs> Mitch Richmond's never coached before, no, I believe. Mitch should, not, um, Mitch should not be on the staff. <laughs> like, like, I, I take an X's and O guys over Mitch any day of the weekend. I, you know, respect to Mitch again, but but no. Like, it, whatever Mitch is bringing to this team, it's not evident on the court. You know, so so I think you're, you're right. Let's get an X's and, o guys, and O's guys in there in place of Mitch. Exactly. Greg St. Jean, who is uh, very, very young, uh, doesn't have a very long track record, a very big resume. So And, and Chris Mullen coming into St. Before he came into St. John's, never coached before. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a very, very inexperienced staff. So I, I don't think it's fair to say Mullen has to go after this season. I think that would be a tad premature, but I do think you have to make some adjustments. I do think that the staff needs to be upgraded. Mm-hmm. There needs to be someone on the staff that can really make in-game adjustments better, that uh and that can have a lot better drops, getting this, getting a bunch of these t- uh, players to the basket. St. John's is so athletic, and there really is no excuse for why this many superior athletes are not getting to the basket easier. Um, so they're, I'm going to say, no, they're not going to fire him. Um, I do think next year will be big for him, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think personally they should fire him yet. I do think, though, additions to the staff are needed. Mm-hmm. And we will we'll certainly see. But yeah, as you said, no no reason for this year to end the way it did down the stretch. But and you know how disappointing it was uh, down the stretch. But man, th- thank you though. This uh, this what twenty minutes really flew by <laughs> flew by here uh, talking about St. John's. It's been it's been almost twenty minutes already, and uh, it's after midnight now. So uh, but yeah, thank you for coming on, man. As always, you you brought the fire. As always, I love having you on because you bring the fire. And uh, you know, disappointing into the season. I, I'm, I'm sad that we can't have a, have a talk after a win and we'll have to wait now until November to do so but you know thank you for coming on again man and, and uh, bringing it <laughs> no, no problem Troy and you know what my, my brother goes to Buffalo we were really oh, looking okay. forward to, okay. to that uh, that St. John's Buffalo matchup but it uh, was not, not to be but thank you Troy I appreciate it and uh, anytime 
I, I enjoy being on. Of course, man. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have you on in the off season sometime to talk, you know, recruiting, any any news breaks. But, you know, thank you, man. Seriously, I, I really appreciate you, all the help that all, all you guys do. And, uh, you know, uh, you personally for coming on a couple times and, and helping me out. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Hey, Troy, that means a lot. Thanks so much. And uh, absolutely, anytime, I, I'm always down to talk Johnny's basketball, whether it's uh, Monday at midnight, Saturday in the afternoon, I'm the man. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Have, have a good night, man. Have a good rest of the night. Thank you very much. All right. Okay, big thanks to John Cavanaugh once again for coming on and bringing the fire, like I said, he always does uh, after midnight here on the uh, on the East Coast. And, uh, and, you know, really getting getting into that St. John's disappointing loss here at the end of the season. St. John's against Falls 74 to 65. But big thanks to Cavs there for coming on uh, late at night and bringing it. He, he did a great job all season as well. Unfortunate, though, that we were only able to talk to him after losses. But he does have Buffalo to root for. He said his brother goes there. So he'll have, he'll have one entertaining New York team to root for because we can't root for Syracuse. So we'll root for Buffalo now, I guess. So at least one team from New York can uh, can make a run. But thanks again to Cavs. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that wraps up now the, the season of recaps. For the Red Storm, uh, I had a lot of fun doing these. I hope you guys enjoyed them as well. I know the audience was certainly there, and I, I appreciate all of you for listening to these. Uh, next week, or maybe the week after, but hopefully next week, we will have kind of a season recap. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to talking about this season anymore. I kind of want to just get it out of my head. But at the end of the day, um, we will try to do some sort of a season recap. I'm going to try to have a couple bit different people on maybe to to uh, do that. Kind of similar to what we did when we did that fan forum a couple months ago. I'll try to do something similar to that. So we'll see. That's in the works for next week. And then we have a couple things planned for the off season that we will uh, we'll get into next episode. But seriously, thank you all for listening. Um, you know. It's a disappointing end of the season. It's a disappointing, really, last month of the season. I don't know how you defend bringing Chris Mullen back. or You can defend it, I guess, but I don't know how you defend the performance uh, of this roster with this roster, with this talent, to go 8-10 in the Big East, to lose 13 games after you start the season 12-0, to really not, uh, you know, ever look like you were going to make a, a run past February 17th when you knocked off Villanova really for the last month and three days of the season never really looked like you were you know playing your best basketball to not be getting the best out of any of your starters really uh, throughout the season except probably LJ you know it's an inexcusable end to the season it's been an inexcusable last month of the season for St. John's they just fell into a tailspin at the worst possible time they really played their worst when they needed to be playing their best and and, you know, how much of that you want to blame on Chris Mullen is up to you. I blame a good amount of it on him and the coaching staff. I blame some on the players as well. But we'll see uh, how much the administration uh, puts the blame on this coaching staff. And we'll see in the coming weeks or coming days uh, how much how much blame is put on Chris Mullen and his staff and if they are retained for the next uh, year and going forward, really. But, uh, yeah, if that news comes out, we will have a a podcast, anything one way or the other with with Mullen. We'll try to have uh, something on. But thank you all for listening once again. Um, Really appreciate the support from everyone. Unfortunately, though, this ends our our, uh, season here on the Seeing Red podcast. We're going into off-season mode now. We have a couple big things planned, like I said, so I hope you guys enjoy those. And, yeah, 
for the last time this regular season. Let's go, Johnnies.